Welcome to House Party, a podcast where home and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And we're here to talk about a trend that's sweeping the kitchens of rich people all around the nation. (laughs) I like talking about rich people stuff. It's fun to dream about what I could have and will never have. And it's interesting to be like, why? Like, why? Why? Um, This trend was highlighted in the New York Times uh, at uh, August 31st, written by Katie Weaver, a great writer. Um, It is the trend of paneled refrigerators or refrigerators that don't look like refrigerators and they look like your cabinetry. Um, Hidden appliances. Hidden appliances. Yeah, right. Not just refrigerators, I guess, because it can be like dishwashers as well we we will attach I mean we'll link to the story in the show notes we will attach some photos we'll probably write about this eventually on news and insights so yeah um so in the story the the story says panel ready refrigerators the facades of which are designed to accommodate um typically via systems of brackets and screws custom pieces of wood indistinguishable from a kitchen's built-in cabinetry have become standard standard in these like um multi-million dollar residences um all around the country so the goal is to hide your fridge or to hide your dishwasher to hide you know these appliances oh appliances and make it seemly uh seamlessly blend into the kitchen cabinetry um what do you think about this trend rachel Yeah, it's essentially cabinetry camouflage, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting because for so long, it really felt like the gold standard was having stainless steel appliances, right? Mm -hmm. So if you had a a dated white refrigerator or something, you know, from the, the good old days, that was how you could tell an updated house from from an older home, right? Mm -hmm. So now this is kind of putting stainless steel in its place I guess or knocking it down a few pegs I mean I know it's prolific but does stainless steel mean that you're poor (laughs) I don't think not necessarily because there's so many you know stainless steel appliances still out there that you know sub-zero wolf like well I don't know if wolf makes fridges but like all these you know the the glass front fridges like well yeah that's the other thing I feel like that's an affluent thing to do yeah like it seems like it's one extreme or the other it's either hide your appliances behind the cabinetry or have the the glass front so that you can see everything in it and that's a total rich person move that is like we like like, ain't nobody gonna be looking inside my refrigerator (laughs) my gosh I know like we saw we see it on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with like Yolanda Hadid um I think Khloe Kardashian has a glass front fridge like for sure with like all her color coordinated fruits and produce and vitamin waters yeah her the home edit curated fridge totally um you're totally right like it's either one extreme or the other and it's like do you like the look of either of those I do like the look of of the camouflaged uh appliances actually I do like it. I like it. And I think it's just because I am a minimalist when it comes to design. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, we did see minimalism as a huge trend for a while, just in general. And then we kind of see it swing back to maximalism. It always kind of swings It like the pendulum swings. And so, I mean, right now it's all about hiding appliances. It's grown on me. And maybe it's just because they've been subjected to it more often. I think initially I thought it was, it's just unnecessary. Yeah. I, I guess I'm not offended enough by the sight of my stainless steel refrigerator mm-hmm. to want to cover it up. And so covering it up to me, while I do think it looks nice, just seems like a like a weird flex. Yeah, it's a flex. It's like a power move, which I guess is the, the ultimate point of this this article it's a it's a status move because because I'm yeah I'm wondering like what the process is like do you have to get a, you probably have to get a separate panel made for to cover the fridge and so it, yeah it is like an extra expense and if you can't afford the extra expense then you can't flex it and then yeah it's 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 a status symbol and so do you think that concealing like concealing the fridge is like seen as like a status thing in the way that like it kind of suggests that like oh I don't cook or like I don't do my like like having having a big old fridge out there is like yep I'm like I'm making my food as opposed to like that's interesting you know uh, kind of like like I'm so rich I don't even need to think about making food like I either have someone make it for me or I'm ordering it in. (laughs) No, I I think you have a point. I just remembered when this came up before. It was with Anne Hathaway's New York City apartment that she was selling. And her kitchen was super tiny. Seemingly. I mean, I think it was small because it's New York. But also, it seemed smaller than it was because everything... I remember she had everything hidden. And I think we talked at that point about how like this is such a rich person thing that like Anne Hathaway doesn't even have to worry about like she doesn't have to worry about counter space she doesn't have to worry about cabinet space she doesn't have to worry about where her refrigerator is because she can get her meals any which way yeah and it's like if you are a wealthy person and you're having people over maybe more often than not you're just going to get it catered the event catered and so there really isn't a need for all the guests to know where the fridge is. You'll you'll gather in your kitchen because the kitchen is a natural gathering place, but there's there's no cooking going to be going on in there. So I I bet a lot of these people have private chefs though. Yeah, private chefs, caterers and who might be cooking in the in the kitchen. But yeah, I mean, I think you're I think you're on to something that and I think that's but for the ambiance, for the ambiance yeah. you still want it like People will, people maybe, I'm just thinking about scenes that I see on Real Housewives and like people, their, their people are cooking in the kitchen, but they're still kind of hanging out on the island or, or on the sofa that's adjacent to the kitchen. And so you still, you want the cabinets to be Mm -hmm. concealed. You want, or you want the, you want the fridge to be like, you still, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. I'm on to something. No, I I, I do think you're on to something. And I, I mean, I think it's, it's correlated to the point that Katie's making in this in this story that people increasingly don't want to think about the kitchen as a kitchen as it's utilitarian function it's a yeah increasingly it's a room not for 
cooking and making meals or it's I guess it's billed not as that but as a just another place to flex your decor style and your design muscle and one of the most popular ways to do that these days is status fridges we've got another recap for you so exciting we're not pulling it out of thin air though this one is based on another home that just went up for sale and it's actually already pending Mm -hmm. uh this is a home that was featured on episode one season one of the property brothers forever home a series that i have watched front to back you're very familiar with this. My first trimester was filled with Property Brothers content. <laughs> I don't know why. So was rewatching this very soothing for you? Is it like a warm blanket? Well, no, because, <laughs> yeah, it gave me nausea. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, Did it? Was it that or was it the decor? <laughs> well, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, Hold that thought. This house uh, is a 1959 home that this particular couple, their name, their names are Nora and Diego. They bought it for $500,000 back in 2015. In 2018, the Scott brothers pitched in to orchestrate a truly impressive renovation. They descended upon their house. Yeah, it's 1,787 square feet. And Diego and Nora live there. They're a young, very vibrant, lovely couple. They live there with Diego's parents and his abuela. Mm-hmm. So three bedroom, three bath house. Yeah. They kept talking about how large it was. And I was like, that is not that much space for five people. Well, five adults. Off, off the top. Can I jump in really quick? Sure. I call BS on. Okay. So, so. Diego and Nora say they live with, yeah, like you said, they live with Diego's parents and his grandmother. So they bought a house that they can live in with everybody comfortably. That is verbatim what they said. And, and for their growing family. And for their growing family. Yes. Because spoiler alert, at the end of the episode, we learn that Nora is pregnant. Right. I call bull on them calling, on them buying this house for the comfortability factor because it's a three bedroom, three bath house, 1800 square feet. Where is Abuela going to sleep? Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I understand that, like, p- potentially you could put Abuela with the parents and, you know, maybe I'm just being a privileged whatever person no. right now. But, like, that sounds like for, for Nora, Diego, Abuela, mom, dad, and a baby. And baby. No. That's I grew up in a thirteen hundred square foot home and anytime me and my adult brother are visiting my parents, it's and and the dog, it's too much. Like yeah. I can't imagine having five adults and a baby. And they ha- they also have a dog, by the way. Right. Do you think they bought the house with the intention of flipping it? Is that what you're saying? <sighs> Maybe that's uh, I'm yes I'm I'm calling conspiracy theory theory a little bit I mean do you think Abuela is not actually living there she's actually in a nursing home somewhere oh maybe I just think okay so this is the first episode of this new series Property Brothers Forever Home 
I'm thinking like maybe the producers just told like here we here we are we always <laughs> we always have something with the producers we always call BS on the producer intervention but seriously <laughs> we should just have a whole section called paging Mats- Michael Matsumoto yeah I just feel like maybe the producers told them to really talk up how they bought this place because there's so much space for them to grow and like essentially selling the premise of this series like selling the- also it was really ugly the inside well yeah but the before no I'm the before the before we'll, we'll talk about the after after but like I can't imagine buying this place. It's a fixer up unless you have a concrete plan to fix it up. It's a fixer upper. And they had um a hundred thousand dollars stashed. Like they bought it with the intent of of putting money into it. So I don't see how if if your plan for the next handful of years is to live with five adults and one baby and then potentially like grow the family even more, how you can call this your forever home. This is not a forever home. That's that is the thesis of everything that I just said and I should have started with this. This is not a forever home. I agree. Which is why <laughs> I guess we should not be surprised that now they're selling it. So Two, three years exactly. later, it's now yeah. landed on the market for $989,000, which is double what they bought it for. Remember, they bought it for five hundred k. Yep. And they put 100000 into it. So pretty good profit margin. And it's pending. Yeah. Let's see. Natalie and I both said that we had lots of thoughts about this. So Property Brothers arrive. They acknowledge the state that the home's in. By the way, like, like it really just did not look well taken care of. I don't know how long. Well, they bought it in 2015, so they've been living there for three years already. Yeah. If the brothers did the renovation in 2018. It just, the front yard was overgrown, had no landscaping, no curb appeal. They had some sort of like stone step situation that they likened to Machu Picchu yeah um it was not cute and then you walk in you're in a narrow hallway there's no space and you immediately hit a kitchen that's cramped and has um there's a wall in the middle the whole space feels very cramped Mm -hmm. very old screams screams the the 50 year uh age yeah I mean they Diego and Nora express that the biggest thing for them is expanding the kitchen, having a big open kitchen, big open living room, open floor plan because <laughs> of all the people that live with them, but also just how their family loves to cook together. And you always have multiple people in the kitchen. So that was the big priority for them. And I think they nailed it on that regard. They did. Um, like you mentioned, their budget was uh 100,000 and the property brothers said okay cool we're gonna do the kitchen the dining and the living room and it's gonna cost somewhere between 90 and 125k mm-hmm. uh they were given kind of the tall order of finding a design style that worked for both of these people Diego said that he likes rustic cabin mm-hmm. decor while Nora wanted something modern urban and open if my partner told me that they like rustic cabin decor for like <laughs> your primary house. I <laughs> I know. It was puzzling. Oh, by the way, this house is in I meant to say that the house is in Richmond, California, which is in the Bay, the East Bay area, San Francisco Bay area. 
very very expensive part of the country to buy a house in yeah yeah which is why it's going this tiny little thing is going for a million bucks right um no I mean in terms of yeah the rustic cabin I don't think Diego and the property brothers even said I don't think Diego knows what he's talking like (laughs) like he just likes wood tones he He just likes actually want something that looks like a dingy cabin he likes wood tones um I thought so too, but I was also like, I was like, that's a tall order to merge these design styles. And then I was like, wait a second. No, it's not. You just described modern farmhouse. Exactly. You just described boho, modern boho. So it really shouldn't have been so complicated. Although I did appreciate that Drew takes them to a house to actually let them see. And that's, says like, um, that's standard. Is for- that the, is that like the, the formula for property brothers that's the formula yes it okay. is yes it i like i like that they do that um where joanna didn't otherwise drew doesn't have uh, what does drew do drew does nothing <laughs> <laughs> well drew could sit down and say what is your design style i just like that we actually saw an example where they got to say like i like this i don't like that fine i thought yes. that was very helpful yeah no um, it was good it seemed like the, the the vision could be achieved once they saw this house. Yeah. I liked that one more than what they did, but I'll... Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Um, they discovered a rat during demo. Yeah, they saw all these droppings. I had to... Again, another example, guys. Too much camera work on the rat droppings. Don't need to see it. Don't need the extended uh, cut. I saw it maybe like and they go to commercial obviously and then they come back and they go back to the droppings like what fine I get the point there's an infestation well because that's like the the big drop that's like the first big drama point of the of the episode so I mean I get it but the the visual was there without needing without seeing the droppings three times right 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 I will say I do the Property Brothers always get the couple involved in demo? Yes. That was cool. Yes. And yes. I thought demo looked fun. Like, the, she's taking sledgehammers to these cabinets that she hates, and they're taking down walls, and I was like, that, that, that looked pretty fun. Yeah, I do like that about the Property Brothers franchise um, fran- and series, multiple series that they have. Um, sometimes the couples or the person who they're doing the renovation for even, uh, provide, um, labor to, to, to mitigate costs because sometimes, you know, they're, they're, uh, um, unforeseen costs come up and they're like, how are we gonna like, that's not in the budget. And then the person comes in and is like, well, I'll do some labor for you. Like, and the Scott brother is like, okay, so yeah, they get their the the couples sometimes get their hands really dirty on the property brothers. That's good. Pretty yeah, different different from other shows we've right, seen. Right, right. In addition to the kitchen, living and dining room, they also were giving the outside of the house a light makeover, a different coat of paint on the front. They painted the garage door white. Uh remember that, I'm going to come back to it. Um mm-hmm. They landscaped, they gave them grass where grass had not existed before. They gave them a Meyer lemon tree that they can go pluck lemons from. They give them a lime bush tree. They give them limes. Mm. 
so they can, you know, cook with all that, that good stuff. And they gave them flowers. It was, it was nice. It was as much as they could do with the outside of this house, which was frankly not very attractive. They made it. Yeah. They zhuzhed it up. I, I really liked the landscaping. I thought that it, it turned out really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, should we get to our opinions about, because you said you had a lot of opinions about the, the final product. I hated it. <laughs> okay I mean, maybe well, i just have one opinion I mean, we can dissect it but so drew drew and jonathan ended up going with a green tea colored uh cabinetry pistachio pistachio that's a good way yes pistachio green tea color for the cabinetry um they went with a clean white quartz countertop and uh yeah but the but the dominant the dominant flavor in that kitchen was pistachio i i i love green <laughs> not that shade mm-hmm. it to me it looked really yeah. i mean maybe this was this pleased diego who thought he wanted rustic cabin i thought it looked really country farmhouse not modern farmhouse I didn't think it looked yeah, modern I at struggle all. Yeah, I struggle to see how pistachio is rustic or modern. Um, <laughs> I can see, because, you know, like old school Ikea catalog, you can see like lime green is like modern or like like neon orange is modern. Like that very like yeah. you know, outdated idea of modern. But like pistachio green? that's bordering on like pastel it's yeah it was an odd choice if it had been a light blue or what I Uh would have preferred would have been a slate gray if you want to keep it neutral Mm -hmm. and they had black hardware that popped I just I don't know something about it it was everywhere and then they also had a built-in it was like a a built-in hutch to kind of give mm-hmm. it that sort of rustic vibe and that was green too I just ah, uh, the more I looked at it the more I hated it well and then they had and then they had that feature wall of like wallpaper okay don't it was th- like thank you that turquoise <laughs> teal so in the living room they they took out the fireplace <laughs> that was non-working and I get it like but fireplaces typically do add value to homes, so I kind of wish that they had figured out a way to make that functional. Even if it doesn't work, it can still be a design feature. Right, right. They, they probably cons- they probably considered that. They probably considered that. They took it out, and they got more seating in, which was important to this particular family. But yeah, you're right. They wallpapered one wall as an accent wall with this blue, teal, geometric wallpaper that did not fit the aesthetic whatsoever it, it was like austin powers it, it, yeah it's palm it was, springs like i would see that in a mod. palm springs mid-century modern house not in this yeah it's it's baffling it's very i'm very unclear on this design i uh, yeah <laughs> i just i couldn't um I know. I mean, it was it an was improvement on f- what was there, but like, I just, you guys, I feel, I felt like you missed the mark. I have to say that 
um, a feature wall. Those so those two elements that you have such an issue with, a feature wall and a bright pop of color are big Property Brothers uh, <laughs> signature moves. So should I not keep watching? <laughs> I mean, you can, but I don't mind a feature wall. But this was not; it had no continuity with the kitchen. Yeah, if they, I just recall from all the episodes that I've watched, like if if the Property Brothers, if if you give the Property Brothers Brothers an inch and say like, yeah, we love color, we we love pattern. They will take it and run with it. So, like, you kind of have to rein it in. Mm. But, like, this is this is their signature move. And so, you know what? I, I did write. I said, I would not pick that cabinet color for my house. But I like seeing it on TV. It's exciting to see color used. I love that you're so nice and forgiving, even in your notes to yourself. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's better than just seeing, like, a all white kitchen or a modern farmhouse black and white yeah I don't think I agree because we're talking about it we will link to the the story in the show notes people so you guys can see the remind yourselves of what the house looks like but I'm I'm looking at these photos and I just uh I wonder, okay, so the house is pending, so I wonder if the buyers are just like, oh, we can paint those. I was actually just going to say, the the kitchen probably would be an easy fix. You could, a coat of paint would take care yeah. of that. Because everything else is great. The floors are great. The, the floor plan is very, you know, conducive to having a lot of people over. Um, it's it's a great house otherwise mm-hmm. it's just pistachio hell in there and and then geometric wallpaper in the mm-hmm. yeah what i want to point out is that okay i know we've had this discussion before so they did the living room dining room kitchen and the front yard and exterior however these listing photos show us all the rooms that all look like they've been updated Mm. The bathrooms look updated, and they're they're actually beautiful. So I'm left wondering. There's a sunroom. There's an outdoor space out back that looks like it's been given a makeover. I'm left wondering, do the Property Brothers do the whole house and we only get to see three rooms? Or did they leave this family yeah. with... Uh, half a house unfinished and they contracted other people to do it if I had to guess I'd say that they do the whole house and then it's kind of like when we when we do a story let's we're we're gonna pick the most interesting photos to feature right so for for this episode for these episodes they pick the most interesting well I'd argue that the other rooms look better than the ones that they (laughs) featured well, I think the the rooms that they featured tell the story too of the family. Big family loves to cook, loves to be together. They want to have a baby. Da 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 da. So, which rooms are you going to feature? The yeah. ones where people gather, not the bathroom or the sunroom. Sure. I don't know. I'm trying to think like a producer. No, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're probably right. I mean, that makes a whole lot more sense than than actually spending the last two years finishing renovating it and then putting it on the market although it's possible yeah 
It is possible. Um, I would li- also like to point out that the uh, garage door that they had painted white has since been painted a darker color, like a black or charcoal. Interesting. That, Yeah, there was definitely a scene where Drew is <laughs> spray painting the the garage door white and I thought it looked better white I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure why they decided to change it the landscaping also doesn't look quite kept up but I don't know what time of year they took these photos so Mm. um but yeah I mean I guess I was just paying attention to all the things that have changed since Drew and Jonathan came in um yeah, it's it's interesting to see, like, whenever we see these houses go on the market, it's interesting to see how the homeowners change the, the what things. What the experts that, like did, what, yeah. what quirky things did they end up changing? <laughs> Not much that I can tell. It looks like... Not that feature wall. <laughs> no, the, the feature wall's still there. The kitchen is still that same uh, pea soup green... But yeah. yeah, that front garage door that was a crisp white is now a charcoal gray, which I thought was so interesting. Crazy. Um, so like Rachel said, we will link to our story on this house so you can check out the photos. You can see the pistachio kitchen. Let us know what you think about it. Um, either on Instagram, find us at House Party Pod, or via email podcast at realtor.com. We want to know what you think about this million dollar house with quite uh, a colorful inside the the not so forever home i guess yeah the not so forever home we have some making moves for you this week it's been a while um but we definitely have some celebrity homes that we've mentioned before that we need to catch you up on. Uh, this first one is <laughs> real doozy. A wild story. It's a real doozy. Um, so, if you haven't heard, the weekend bought a house for seventy million dollars in Bel Air. Seventy seven zero million dollars. The weekend. Uh, the guy who performed at the Super Bowl last year. Um, the guy who wears like the bandages on his face. <laughs> As like an art piece or whatever. <laughs> I feel like you have some uh, thoughts about the weekend that we need to unpack. No, I'm just trying for the, for our listeners who don't know who the weekend is. I'm just trying to be like this guy. Um, Seventy million dollars on a house that the last time it was on the market sold for twenty one million four hundred and forty thousand dollars, and that was in 2015. Right. So. Big price jump. Um, This was an off-market deal. So we don't know if the house was being shopped around by the owners. We don't even know if the owners were considering selling. Um, And maybe the weekend just went and knocked on their door and said, "I, I really want your house. Yeah. He said, I can't feel my face when I look at your house. And I love it. And... And said and made them an offer they can't refuse. I mean, that's what so so we did a story on this, and that's what a lot of the experts that we spoke to said. Um, 
you know, oftentimes when a house is off market, a big luxury house like this is off market, if the person really wants to buy it, they have to make the owners an offer that they can't refuse. Um, And it's also worth noting, Rachel, we can talk about that um, the, the, the previous, the owners before the weekend, the people who sold the house to the weekend did do an extensive update to this house. Yeah, but $50 million update. I don't believe that this was a $50 million update. <laughs> I just, that's why your eyes are popping at the fact that you bought a $70 million house. I guess my, I was more shocked. I don't, maybe you were equally shocked, but I, I'm more blown away by the fact that it, he paid $70 million for something that sold for $20 million just five years ago. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I mean, if you look at the photos, it's it's an absolutely gorgeous house, just over like over the top in every way, shape, and form. It's actually kind of like on the golf course of the Beverly Hills or the 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 Bel Air Country Club. (laughs) It's a very interesting location. Um, It is the Beverly Hills Country Club. (laughs) It is. It is the new Beverly Hills Country Club. Um, it apparently has amazing views. Like that's kind of what the other experts are saying who have actually seen this house. That the views are stellar. The property is super unique. Um, the The design of this place is just second to none. So like they're saying that 70 million might... <laughs> makes sense like if that's the price he was willing to pay that's how much it's worth uh (laughs) I mean what it would be to be the weekend and just no other home will do have to have this one willing to pay anything for it yeah like can you even imagine you said you're like (laughs) you're like he can have any house in the world and he chose this one. You know what I think really sold it for him? It's got mm-hmm. a concealed refrigerator. Status fridge. Of course. Status fridge. There's probably two in there, I'm honestly. Sure. <laughs> the ultimate status fridge is having two status fridges. <laughs> yeah. Rich people, am I right? Rich people, yeah. Speaking of. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's... On to the next. Yeah, on to the next. Uh Mr. Pierce Brosnan, we have talked about his $100 million home in Malibu for a while now. It was my dream quarantine home. It was the the place out of all the celebrity homes we talked about last year that I said I would have liked to have spent the hell of 2020 in. Um, it's been on the market for forever. Piercy, Piercy Boy yeah. has taken the home off the market without any offers. It was initially listed in September 2020, so he waited a full year, never lowered the the price tag, and finally decided to pull it. <laughs> Such a strange, like, he, he's <laughs> like, fine. <laughs> like, I will take $100 million, no less. Yeah, like not a penny less. You guys don't want this house? I'm taking it back. Like, okay. Fine. I didn't want you to have it anyway. Exactly. Like 
it's just so crazy. Like he clearly was not in a hurry to sell this place because he didn't drop the price <laughs> for a year. Um, he refused. What would be an acceptable price drop though? Like he couldn't, he couldn't drop it to like 99 million. Like, like this was, this was clearly a way to test the market, I guess. Well, <laughs> failed the test. Like that, that's, that's the only reason I can think of for this like weird real estate experiment. Like, he was testing the market to see <laughs> if anyone would pay a hundred million dollars for this property, and surprise, no one did. <laughs> no, one. I mean, it's no one wants to. If any property is worth a hundred million, I would say this one is. It is really just remarkable. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, again, we've talked before about what a small pool of buyers that would be, and it's just wild to me that it was on the market for a year, and at no point did he was he was like. Nope, I won't budge. Yeah. Well, rich people, am I right? <laughs> die another day tomorrow. What's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it. Die another day? Movie. Yeah, there you go. L- live to sell another day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, and then we have to mention this just because we have to. Um, Ellen DeGeneres bought another house. Rich people, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop saying it. I swear. Ellen DeGeneres added an 8.5 million dollar Beverly Hills house to her 450 million dollar real estate portfolio. Uh, this is probably gonna get a renovation. This is probably gonna be flipped. Um, it's mid-century modern one it's it's very cool it was built in 1961 by the architect robert skinner uh it's a cool house and she likes cool houses so yeah there we go Now it's time for Celebrity Winners and Losers. This is the part of our show where we discuss the real estate deals that celebrities have made, the good ones where they made a smart deal, and then we discuss the ones that have been, you know, duds. We're going to start out with our loser. Who is it, Natalie? It's Matt Damon. Matt Damon is our real estate loser of the week for cutting $3 million off the price of his Pacific Palisades home. We talked about this house when Damon first put it on the market. Uh, He put it on at the beginning of the year for $21 million. He's lived in this house for a while. Um, It's it's more of a compound, actually. And uh, so a $3 million price cut puts the house at 17.9 million. So it's still very pricey. Um, you know, it's still, I think for Pacific Palisades, it's, I mean, Pacific Palisades is a very wealthy part of Los Angeles. Um, Damon bought the house in 2012 for 15 million. Uh, so even if he does get 17.9 million, the, the discounted price, he will stand to make a profit, a little profit. Um, we also mentioned that he has relocated to the East Coast. Yeah, he's in New York now, right? 
that was like his big yeah to Brooklyn um in in 2018 he bought a penthouse in Brooklyn Heights for a little under 17 million um and that's where he is said to be making his home base so that's why he's trying to offload this place and conceivably the reason for the price drop because he's he's trying to offload it and it's september i have to say i think we've said before you you said you you do really like this house i do as well i don't know what it is in particular about this home but it's like the most matt damony home i could ever (laughs) imagine like if there were a home that I could create to put Matt Damon in, it would be this. Explain. I don't know. Please, it's just, please explain. Because I know him so well. I don't know. It just, it, Cause he, it exudes. He's your buddy. It exudes Matt Damon. I don't, it's masculine, I will say. Well, it's, it's modern. It, it's masculine. There's, um, there's some, like a, a, stone slate fireplace there's a lot of um wood tones very clean lines um the kitchen has like marble countertops with like dark wood cabinetry dark wood in like a good way not a bad way a lot of dark wood in it is what gives it kind of its masculine I think moody feel lots of tree is it because there's so many like trees around it is it reminding you of the movie we bought a zoo I never saw that movie like is is that why? I like that you admitted that you did, though. Oh, I didn't admit that <laughs> I did. I'm just, I'm just. I would guessing never. That a movie called <laughs> "We Bought a Zoo" has a lot of trees in it. I don't know. It just, I, it just, uh, it just looks Matt Damony to me. That's all. It looks like it could be um, a house at the end of like one of the Bourne movies, like mm. when everything's concluded and like for a hot second, everything seems to be okay. And he's like reconvening with his love interest or his, like his connection at the CIA or something. And it's like, Oh my that. gosh, we survived that Phew! Oh my gosh. We're at this beautiful house. You know what it also reminds me of, and maybe I'm misremembering, but it sort of reminds me of, and I know you've seen this movie, the house that Ryan Gosling lived in in Crazy Stupid Love. Yes. I know you've seen yeah. that because you love Steve Carell. And I know that tall. <laughs> yeah. Tall windows. Um, has a gla- It has a glass house feel. Yeah. And it's just kind of got like an overall bachelor pad sort of vibe, but not in a douchey kind mm-hmm. of way. Right. Right. I agree with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see who picks it up. So we'll keep an eye on it. Now it's time for our winner. Our winner this week is actor Jonah Hill. The star of Superbad, you might know him from, he sold his Santa Monica home for $7.2 million dollars. After buying it in 2019 for 6.77 million, so he made a, a marginal profit, and for that we're calling him our winner. I love this house. This is this house is interesting. The exterior looks like something you'd see in Key West. Like I would never expect it from the LA area. Right with that like balcony, um, 
Yeah, it does kind of have a little. Like, it's got that southern, like, or you might see it in Charleston or Savannah. Totally, Charleston, absolutely. Like, it's not Cape Cod. Obviously, I wanted to say Cape Cod. It's not Cape Cod. It has shutter. It's like Charleston. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then you get inside, and it's modern farmhouse. Would you say? Mm, no, not modern farmhouse. It's it's. It's just like rich people. <laughs> it's just like it's like a 1950s house built by rich people I, for for rich people. I don't know. Like there's that that open um fireplace in the kitchen that kind of looks like rotisserie oven. Um I love that. There's there are beams. The beams are very modern farmhouse. They painted them black to make them look a little bit more modern. Yeah, I do like that. I dig that, and it matches the black uh, French doors. There's a whole wall of French doors. I love those. Um, you probably don't like the galley kitchen. Do not like the galley kitchen, but that's fine. But Santa Monica, 7.2 for galley kitchen. Um, I love this little seating room with with the what's probably um, – what do we call it? Not jute wallpaper, but uh, grass cloth. Grass cloth wall. Grass cloth. Navy blue grass cloth wallpaper. Yeah, it's very moody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you know, I think there's a door in the background that's painted like a teal color. So, I mean, he was a little experimental with the decor here, but it really works. It really does. The backyard's great. You don't have a pool, um, but you do have an outdoor kitchen. You have a guest house. Uh, Big lawn. If you have a dog, Wait, there is a pool. Oh no, there is a pool. There is a pool. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was. I was heartbroken for a moment. It's a nice house, and so it makes sense why he definitely got his price. And also, as we know, like luxury real estate in Los Angeles is pretty limited right now. Um, just like anywhere, you know, it is still a seller's market. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have to applaud him. Yeah, apparently he got rid of this because he's already moved to the beaches of Malibu. Maybe he's neighbors with Pierce. As one does. Yeah. Rich people. Isn't Jonah, he's like, he's gotten more into like directing though. Yeah, I think so. And stuff. Like producing and directing. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, and I just saw, I don't know how I feel about this, uh, his sister, Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Mm-hmm. is going to star in the next American Horror Story uh, no. installment as Monica Lewinsky. I mean, sorry, American, American Crime Story. <laughs> very different. One, one could say. <laughs> yes. Although some might argue very much the same. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, she just seems a little young for the role. But I guess not, maybe, because I think. The age of Monica Lewinsky and the age of Beanie Feldstein is, well, Beanie is 28. So that probably tracks. Yeah. She just always strikes me as like quirk, too quirky for something like that. But maybe she has more range than I'm aware of. I think she's trying to get into like serious acting the, the the oscar type stuff yeah, yeah. not yeah, just yeah, yeah. what we do in the shadows and book smart book smart which was great i loved book smart i yeah, did love yeah. book smart but it was silly 
which good for her. Good for her. Um, she can go hang out with her brother Jonah in Malibu, and she probably hung out at this place in Santa Monica. Probably so. then. Talented family. Yeah. Um, all right, and that's it for House Party. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please give us a five-star rating and write us a review. That helps people find us. Um, you can also check out links to the stories that we discussed in the show notes. Uh, there you will be able to check out photos, um, read more, go more in-depth on these homes, um, you can also go to Google, type in Realtor.com in the topic, and it should pop up for you. Or Realtor.com slash news, the News and Insights homepage. Um, Rachel, how else can people get a hold of us? So many ways, Natalie. If you want to email us, we are podcast at Realtor.com. That's singular, podcast at Realtor.com. Our mailbox is open. We do check it. Send us your questions, your comments. We will try to reply. And if you have a question, we might even read it on air and try to answer it. Uh, You can also find us on social media. We would love if you gave us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at HousePartyPod on all three. Yep. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.